My name is Samuel Lee, and you are listening to the QC Pod on the Night News. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queens College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org slash qcpod. Today, we revisit sounds of the 20th century and discuss the history of radio. Take a listen. You are listening to a podcast. My podcast. At this moment, I have published and frozen in time this audio file that you can listen to at your disposal as much as you want. Pretty cool, right? Now, have you ever wondered where this all began? If so, you're in luck. Today, we are rewinding back to the Big Bang of radio throughout the latter portion of the 19th and 20th centuries and how that brought you here today listening to me probably through your headphones or some other auditory device let's press play i implore you to ask yourself before radio what forms of long distance communication existed well The answer to that includes sending mail, smoke signals, and even pigeons who carried and delivered messages, kind of like the owls in Harry Potter. There was also the telegraph, which, although very advanced for its time, required a physical wire to transmit messages, which limited its use to short distances. For one man, that was a problem. Allow me to introduce you to Guglielmo Marconi, the Irish-Italian physicist who developed the first-ever system of wireless transmission. Guglielmo Marconi astounded the world in 1901 when he transmitted a wireless signal across the Atlantic. In later years, he installed... The year is 1901. Marconi has made up his mind. He will stop at nothing to pull off the greatest radio experiment of all time. Sending and receiving signals across the Atlantic. To execute this, Marconi has to fly an antenna high over the coast. Winds are bustling and he doesn't know if he could pull it off. Marconi decides to hook his antenna up to a balloon and cast it into the air. He makes a few attempts of this, but to no avail, as his balloons are getting lost. Marconi then switches to using a kite in hopes of it getting his antenna airborne. After several attempts of this, the kite method eventually works, and Marconi has pulled off the impossible. He successfully sent radio signals across the Atlantic. It is said that Marconi's motivation was, in large part, to contact ships. As I'm sure you can imagine, screaming across the ocean doesn't get you anywhere. Before radio, the most convenient method by which to communicate with ships was through sending mail to the designated port of said ship. Marconi's solution to this revolutionized communication and media as we know it. He called it telegraphy without wires, but to us, it's known as radio. Marconi's first message using this wireless transmitter was none other than the sentence, 
Can you hear me? Well, can you? A crude-looking instrument, but one that was destined to develop the modern miracles of radio. Marconi amazed the world by sending and receiving wireless messages 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. Just to give you a sense of how important Marconi was, his contributions to radio won him the 1909 Nobel Prize in Physics, and following his death in 1937, he received a two-minute-long moment of silence across radio news. Guglielmo Marconi was aboard his yacht Electra, making his latest radio experiments. Now he is dead, and by his passing, the world loses one of the greatest inventors of all time. Without him, today... Marconi's story doesn't end there. Before he died, Marconi established transmitters all around the world, paving the way for the widespread use of radio and heralding a new era of global communication. If you don't like beans and rice, This brings us to the golden age of radio, a period throughout the 1930s and 40s where, suddenly, people were now getting creative with their use of audio. I want you to picture this. Families sitting down, huddled together, consuming radio similar to how we now consume TV. Now introducing Radio Drama. What you just listened to was a soundbite from Superman, the radio show. In tandem with Superman, this era known as radio drama brought us shows such as The Guiding Light, which was a soap opera, Almost an Andy, a sitcom, and The Shadow, a true crime drama, just to name a few. The widespread success of these shows served as an example of what can happen when you use audio creatively. For example, if the script for these radio shows included knocking, the producers would quite literally knock by their microphone. If it called for a door opening, they'd physically produce the sound of a door opening. As fun as this was, radio programming during the golden age wasn't solely used for entertainment purposes. During the early 1940s, World War II brought radio to the forefront of society. This is Robert St. John in the NBC newsroom in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, we may be approaching a fateful hour. All night long, bulletins have been pouring in from Berlin claiming that D-Day is here. This form of journalistic radio, along with radio drama, effectively foreshadowed what was to come for the audio world. Unfortunately, History has it that radio began to decline by 1945 with the advent of commercial television. Come on, Stoli, get it up. We haven't got much time. Oh, take your time. This is a tough job. Come on, get going. I don't want to be here all night. I got to blow this thing open. Take it easy. Look out now. Let go. Boy, that does it. But even still, that is not the end of radio's story. I take it more as a long break. In the coming decades, radio existed, but at a very minimal level, consisting mostly of music stations and talk shows reminiscent of radio during the 1990s and early 2000s, something I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with. 
This continued to be the main purpose of radio until 2005 when a new audio phenomenon hit the scene. The podcast. And we recently announced something new for iTunes and iPod, and it's called podcasting. Introduced by Steve Jobs during his 2005 WWDC conference, the iPod, by way of iTunes, brought us the modern-day podcast, a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or portable media player. Think of it as a more expansive, ad-free form of radio. Now, for as groundbreaking as the podcast was, it didn't catch global attention until one particular player hit the scene. From This American Life and WBEZ Chicago, it's Serial, one story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig. Now, you cannot make a podcast about podcasting without talking about Serial, a podcast produced by Sarah Koenig and the creators of This American Life, which aired in 2014. Serial returned to the narrative-driven format made popular by radio drama to tell the story of a 1999 murder case. And unlike other podcasts, this story unfolded over the course of an entire season with each episode building upon the last. Serial's format was uniquely innovative and drew listeners in unlike any other podcast of its time. It became the fastest podcast to reach 5 million downloads and streams on iTunes, and is credited for what's known as the podcast boom due to the fact that it increased investment and brought podcasting to the mainstream. Do you listen to Serial? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes, listen all the way through. Oh, yes, of course. I did listen to Serial and I loved it. Okay, then we got a uh, winner here. I'm on episode five, maybe? I'm halfway in. And fast forward to today where some of the biggest players in podcasting include NPR, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and WNYC, all of which have helped to establish the podcast as a cultural phenomenon. But, you see, despite its current status as a major player in the media landscape, I find that a podcast, at its heart, begins as a small startup. Perhaps my favorite characteristic of podcasts is the one characteristic that separates it from film and TV. No matter how mainstream the medium has become, it will always be accessible to people like me and you. We have Marconi to thank for that. You have been listening to QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We're on Twitter at QCPod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org slash QCPod. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. My name is Sammy Ali, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>